Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word. We're glad to have you from wherever you're downloading and listening. We pray that what we're doing is a blessing to you and and that it is ministering into your life and helping you grow in Christ. Today, we're going to begin session 11 of Operating in the God Kind of Faith. I think you will enjoy uh, what we're talking about here. And so, again, we want to welcome you from wherever you are uh, in the United States of America or around the world uh, as you are hearing this podcast uh, and studying the Word of God along with us. So we want to remind you that you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's uh, direct messaging. Um, we would love to hear from you a word of encouragement, a question, uh, or if God is laying us on your heart for something that would involve us with you or your ministry, we would be glad to uh, uh, hear from you and uh, uh, would be a blessing to do so. So um, we're looking into session 11 today of operating in the God kind of faith. If we can have a word of prayer, we'll get started. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We pray that you'd open our eyes, that we could see our ears, that we could hear in our heart, that we could understand what the word of God is saying to us. And then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Jesus, please speak to us through the Holy Spirit and reveal what we need to know, do, demonstrate, and understand. We will receive it and release it to your people so that we can be corrected, so that we can be made to know so that we can know what we must demonstrate and so that we can be corrected by the Spirit of God. Father, we give you glory and honor for every bit of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Operating in the God kind of faith, session 11. What we're searching for is the opportunity to place faith on an eternal purpose, not on a natural purpose. Paul in Colossians 3 will show us how best to come into a mindset that produces eternal things. Colossians 3, 1 through 5, beginning with verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. The central theme of faith is brought out by Paul in this scripture. If, if, very important word. If you are risen with Christ, what does this mean? It means you've died in the area that the scripture defines as flesh. Have you come under the blood blessing of having a mind, will, and emotion that have been relieved of the sensitivity to earthly desires? If you listen to my teaching entitled How Worship is Supposed to Work, you'll understand how our Western model of worship is geared to entertain the flesh, and because it entertains the flesh, it does not stir the spirit. Since this is the style of worship that is predominant within the church today, the congregant cannot be expected to go into the place where the spirit is the sole element that is the force of their life. And that's because 
One can never be risen with Christ as long as the soulish realm is in charge of how he thinks, talks, and subsequently how he acts. For this express purpose, Jesus bled from his sweat in the garden prior to his arrest. His will had to be broken, and the blessing of the blood was the avenue that had to be involved to do it. In so doing, he defined a path for us to be brought under the blood and have our will broken from earthly ties, which include our earthly wants and desires that have both been crucified, and then we are risen with Christ. When crucified and risen, as Paul describes, man can then be connected to a heavenly direction. When Jesus' will was broken in the Garden of Gethsemane, he released the human side with this understanding of the devastation that was about to be brought upon his flesh. Once released, he began to seek things that were not from this earth. They were, in fact, from above. The will of the Father superseded his own human will. This is the true genesis of faith that's on display from the author and finisher of our faith. His seeking went completely into what the divine plan of God was and had for him. He no longer was operating under the captivity of what his body would endure. He was no longer operating from the knowledge of the appearance of the shame that the cross would impose. He was no longer clinging to his human side. He became single-minded. His thoughts and ambitions moved into what the divine plan had established as he would become a lamb who would die for the sins of the world. He would take them upon his sinless body. He would die a perfect sacrifice and once and for all destroy the curse of the devil against mankind while also destroying and dooming the devil to the confines of eternal damnation. His eyes being single caused him to no longer see anything but the ultimate outcome, sin and the enemy destroyed and his accomplished mission. Then his return to his original position in the Godhead. This became the focus and center of everything that would happen from the moment his will was broken until his successful return to the right hand of majesty. As we know, there were steps along the way when he had to operate by faith. What does that mean? As we have said before, Jesus went to hell on a promise, so all of his actions were done because he believed that he in whom he had believed was capable of keeping him against the day when he would be in the place of total separation from God. How does this relate to us and to our faith? The message is clear. Die to the flesh and you will no longer seek the things that are associated with it. Become single in your vision. Seek the will of God above your own desires. How it appears is not the outcome that's happening because the will of God that is perfect for your life is being revealed. When it is revealed, you will know that the outcome was the absolute perfect will of God for you. The things of which you experienced brought you into the things that are good for you. They brought you into the place of which those who love the Lord dwell. It's the place where the called find perfection. 
Once accomplished then, you can seek and expect those things which are from above. The location of those things are the force of all of your soul's desires. Look at where this takes place. Into the above things where Christ sits in the place where his broken will took him. Now if it took him there, then Paul declares that if we come through the same means, it'll take us to the same place. What is there when we arrive? Paul told us that as well. They are the things that I have not seen or ever heard, neither has entered into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. All of the promises of God that are yea and amen in Christ Jesus are there. The question you must ask is what is the mechanism to get me there? It is not to determine that what you see in the flesh are the things which God has in store for you. If you can see them in the flesh, they are not the things in which God has prepared for you. That would be very short-sighted to look in the flesh. Why? Because if we can see what we want and call it by name, then it does not qualify as something that's been prepared for those who love him. Those things are in a place that you must die in your flesh and seek as the things above. They are the things that are with Jesus. They will be freely given when you come into the same faith as the faith of Jesus Christ. Now let's take a few minutes and look at the end part of verse 1. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So if we die and are risen with him, we have the opportunity to seek the things that are above. Isn't that interesting? Now you would say, why? Well, it was from this location where Jesus sits at the right hand of God that he sent back into the earth the Holy Spirit or what we know as the promise of the Father. Why is that an important piece to consider when considering the God kind of faith? Well, this is because of the fact that if we are to seek the things which are above, we must operate in the vehicle that will open the doors of the things that are above for us. Now at the right hand of God is the position from which Jesus declared that he would pray for us the position from which he said he would comfort us. It was the position from where he said he would come to us. As he was to manifest himself to us, he declared that he would do greater works. How could that be? Because the Holy Spirit was released to lead, guide, and to show us things to come. Don't those sound like things that are being done in an atmosphere that is from above? If we're going to operate in the God kind of faith that transcends the faith to be saved or the faith to couple the two immutable things which are grace and the blood, then we're going to have to go into the place where the above things are the order of expression that minister. As I've said before in referencing faith, there is the Ephesians 2.8 faith, that is the area of faith that most believers live in because they do not know, have not been told, nor do they understand the other type of faith. This is obviously the Ephesians 2.8 faith, a very potent faith. It will transform a person internally. 
Using this faith, grace and the blood will accomplish in you all of the divine plan that salvation offers. Man, that's extensive. It'll offer preservation, deliverance, healing, soundness, soul, uh, uh, and wholeness. Preservation, healing, sound, uh, uh, safety, soundness, wholeness, and deliverance. Now, but for us to operate in the God kind of faith, we must mature and move over into a faith that resembles what Paul told us in Galatians 2.20. This faith is the faith of which we live by the, found, by, by the founding of faith that is the faith of, that, that is given to us, operating in us, by the faith of the Son of God. It is founded because he loved us and gave himself for us. Because of what he did, we can move from a saving faith, which is a gift of God, into the faith of which we live by the faith of the Son of God. Where does this faith come from? It comes from his being positioned at the right hand of majesty. It's the faith that manifests by what he speaks. This becomes the faith that is directly relevant to the ministry of Jesus Christ as the man in the Godhead bodily. He is the only one who can bring the greater works from heaven and manifest them through men. Now watch this because it's even deeper than just the things that he speaks. Look at John 16, 14 and 15. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said, said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Can you see something that Jesus is saying that is different concerning what the Holy Spirit is going to do for you. He shall receive of mine. What did he say was that he was going to give to you? What did he say that he was going to give to you? Well, if we look into John 14 through 17, we're going to find some very interesting things that the glory of God would expose to us. Number one, he said he would give you his peace. He said he would give you his joy. He said he would give you the spirit of truth. He said he would give you his glory. He said he would give you his works, his name, his comfort, his presence. My friend, this is excessive manifestation. The Holy Spirit will take of his, receive it, and then give it to you. Is there any more that belongs to him? Of course there is. Every promise in him is yea and amen. Then, watch what he said. Everything that the Father has that can be given to the one who lives by the faith of the Son of God can be given to him by his work through the Holy Spirit who is glorifying him. 
Friend, this sort of lifestyle is boundless. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been set among the church for the express purpose of glorifying Him, to bring glory, honor, and praise to Him. Now, when your faith is in operation under the direction of the Son of God, your faith has access to all the things that the Father and the Son possess. You have access and you have the avenue. This is different, my friends. This is the operation of the God kind of faith. Now remember, the Ephesians 2.8 faith, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Then Paul uh, turns around in Galatians 2.20 and says, For I am crucified with Christ of the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's a difference here. Paul has now crossed out of the elements that led him to the man in the Godhead. And he comes to Colossians chapter 3 and explains it. He's gone out of being crucified. He's gone out of being preserved in the tomb, his spirit. He's gone out of the resurrection. He's moved past the priesthood. He's moved past the lordship. Now he is operating in faith by Jesus Christ, the man in the Godhead. Where What happened from there, from the Godhead, where we're about to find out. Now, when your faith is in operation under the direction of the Son of God, your faith has access to all the things that the Father and the Son possess. Why? Because it's coming directly out of the Godhead. You have access and you have the avenue. The access is that you have gone through the process that began with the cross and come under him now as the one who released the promise of the Father, and he now is operating through you as the man in the Godhead. Now our flesh at this point uh, might pop up. And here we can begin to envision all that we can accumulate through the use of this faith system. And I would say to you not so fast, my friend, Remember that the way into this system still remains. If ye then be risen with Christ, Christ is the focus. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Someone said, well, when does God address the things I want? Now listen carefully. God and his son have a central theme in the New Testament. That is, the destruction of the evil that was the pervasive master of the universe prior to Jesus Christ and the catalytic works that began at the cross. So his theme is the perfection of man and the unveiling of the will and plan of God for your life in him. As you develop and as you mature in him, the things of this world begin to look far less appealing because we see Jesus in a brighter and deeper way. Now, will he take care of us? Of course he will. He has spoken through David in Psalms 91 with great insight into what he will do and how he will do it. 
He has spoken through Jesus the message of the love of the Father and the constant care that he provides. He has spoken through the prophets and said, Cast all your care on me, for I care for you. This care is completed for the inner man, the soul, and they too control the desires of the body. So there's nothing in the natural world that man requires that he has not promised to supply. Well, now let's look beyond the things that he supplies for natural man who has come into the spirit world through the two immutable things, but who is yet living among mankind in a natural world. These things have all been provided for us by grace and the blood, and they're applied by the faith that has been given to us as a gift from God. Now we go into the faith of the Son that applies the things that are made in heaven that are heaven's creation or that have been plundered from the works of darkness and earmarked for the believer. Isn't that wonderful? These earmarks await the believer coming to receive him through the means appropriated by the Father and the Son. Now what is that means? Well, it's the means that a majority of our world reject. They rebel against it, and they even deny it. They refer to it in some circles even as being demonic. It's the means that men do not have a desire to surrender to or to yield to. And even though they have many wants and desires, they have no interest in coming into the things of which he possesses. Jesus told us in John 16 where the glory was located. He told us where the things that were received were located. He told us who had received both the glory and the things that belonged to him. He even told us who would be the one that would show us all of these things. Look back at John 16 again. He, who's he talking about? The Holy Ghost, shall glorify me. For he, who's he talking about? The Holy Ghost, shall receive of mine. What is it that was his that he would receive of? I've already told you eight things, and there are countless promises in the word of God that belong to him and countless more judgments of an open window of heaven that belong to the Father. And what will he, the Holy Spirit, do? He's going to show it unto you. (laughs) All things. There's nothing hidden from you. The cover is off of the heavenly blessing, of the heavenly anointing, of the heavenly ministry of the things that heaven has for you. It's the mechanism by which you have to get in there to possess it. That's the place where the God kind of faith comes into play. All things that the Father hath are mine. There's nothing that Jesus does not possess. The cattle on a thousand hills, he possesses it. The hills themselves, he possesses it. All of the ingredients that are in those hills, he possesses it. Everything is possessed by Jesus Christ. Therefore said I, he, the Holy Ghost, shall take 
of what belongs to me and show it unto you. Who is he? He is the Holy Spirit. He will allow us to operate, now watch this now, by the faith of Jesus Christ. He will bring us, because of that faith, the things that he receives from Jesus Christ that are specific to us, that are prepared for those who love him. My friend, what a blessing. What a blessing the operation of the God kind of faith brings to us. How many things have been sitting awaiting your submission? How many things have been sitting awaiting your surrender? How many things have been sitting waiting for you to yield to the Holy Spirit? To come into the glory of Jesus Christ. To come in and operate in His kind of faith. To come in and be moved upon by the Holy Spirit. So that you can do what Jesus said you could do which has operated greater works, operated his name. Many people are calling on the name of Jesus without coming through the mechanism that causes the name to work. He, the one who is showing us the glory of the Son, is the mechanism, is the avenue, is the pathway to the God kind of faith. Now, many of you are miserable today. Your Christian walk has created a drudgery. It's created a frustration because although most of you are not hearing from the pulpit the word of truth about the ministry of the Holy Spirit because in most cases they are telling you, you got all of it you'll ever need when you got saved. I've just proved to you that there is a difference between the Ephesians 2.8 faith and the Galatians 2.20 faith. There's a difference, my friend. And so you're frustrated. You're frustrated with God and you can't understand why your life has gone the direction that you've gone, why you are suffering the consequences and repercussions of actions of your sin, even though you have repented of them, you are still suffering and frustrated. You lack. You're living in lack and you are poor. You are bruised internally, bleeding at the skin level because on the inside of you is something that has not been healed. Many of you are broken. You're broken by the bondage of addiction and you are frustrated because you have called yourself a Christian. Well, in all of that, you become very blind. You become blind to the things that you're being teach, taught, to the things that are being preached because they're not materializing in your life. Therefore, you are held in captivity. Saved, so you say, but captive, held by the very one that Jesus died because he loved you and gave himself for you so that you could be free. You are saved, but depressed. You're depressed by lack of understanding, 
because your faith has not done for you what you needed it to. You are dying because of a lack of knowledge. Your inner man is not thriving. Your soul looks around and sees all of the majestic things that others have and you will for it, you lust for it, you want for it. You sit, however, under a ministry that has absolutely no spiritual impact upon how to come into the kingdom of his dear son. And then there are some of you out there who listen to this, who are preaching a dead message, and you know it's dead because your inner man senses it. But you're preaching it from a very alive book. But to you, it's dead because you see no revelation and you hear no revelation from its contents. You've sealed off your spirit from the glory. How did I do it, Pastor? Well, you seal off the Holy Ghost, the one that was attempting to give you the very glory of Jesus Christ. Rebellion is a desperate place to reside, my friend. It establishes the natural side and raises its standard as if the natural side is in charge. When the natural is in charge, the flesh runs amok and unchecked. We see that happening in our world today. Far more concerning is that we see it happening in the church. Why someone said is a question for the ages. No. Unfortunately, my friend, it is not. The reason for our lack of discipline and the reason for our lack of ability to be disciplined is because we refuse the one who is charged to bring us the glory of God and the one who has received from Jesus the things that are his, but that very one is unable to transfer his goods to those who profess belief in his work. That's a sad, frustrated position. You don't have to be there. I've told you what you need to do and where you need to go with your faith to release the glory of God and every treasure that heaven has for you. Father, I pray that you'll bless your word in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen. Please, please listen to this over and over and let it resonate in your spirit because the glory of Jesus Christ is held in the possession of the Holy Ghost. In Him is the release of all the things that belong to Him. Because they are in Him and in His glory, He desires that you come over into the God kind of faith and that you take them and live in them and prosper in them and be blessed in them. Come out of poverty, brokenness, blindness, bruised. Come out of captivity. 
and come over into the walk where the Spirit of God is leading you into peace, joy, the Spirit of truth, the glory of God, the works of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, and the presence of Jesus Christ, and your life will never be the same. Find him as the man in the Godhead, and he, from there, will show you great things to come. May God bless you until we speak again.